0: Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show.
1: Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. Oh, yes, indeed, home improvement. Scott Mosby, what's that white stuff out there? Holy smokes, I can't believe it. (laughs) It's snow, you bet, all of it. And we've had some dusting, maybe a little bit of wet Be careful out there. Just drove in here to the KMOX studio. Scott Mosby here. And at 32 degrees, the bridges are a little bit icy still. Don't be uh, fooled by that 11 a.m. hour. It is still a little bit slick out there, a little bit surprising. And traffic so far is a little bit light, if you will. If you're out running errands, keep in mind, bring along KMOX. I would love to be part of your day. This is University of KMOX. Scott Mosby, a.k.a. Santa Claus, yesterday on the Hancock & Kelly Show. Wow, I was... um I I hope you enjoyed it if you were tuned in I sure had fun that's what people said it's like, yeah it sounded like you were having fun so anyway I hope it was not untoward um, mileage on your ears thank you for tuning in to kx and the party being part of the KMOX holiday family we love being together all the holidays are right here on University of KMOX. <clears throat> I have two hours today believe that two two hours <laughs> and I sit here at this console with, oh, I don't know, somewhere probably three, four, five hundred buttons in front of me. Can't believe they do that. You know, I mean, 50,000 watts blowtorch of an AM radio signal and a carpenter builder guy at the console. Yep, well, that may be the bad news. Good news is I've got a lot of mistakes behind me. I have made most mistakes once, some even twice. It's called experience. And for that, they put me here with 10 phone lines, all for you. I am truly at your service. The phone lines are 314-436-7900, 436 I invite you to call in with your favorite question. That one you've been waiting, yep, a few days, maybe a few weeks, perhaps even a few months. This is a great opportunity. And if you're outside of the CamWax listening area, Anywhere on the globe, through the miracle of radio, the Internet, as well as telephone, it's 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. The longest uh, question I've had was from Puerto Rico. I don't know how much of Puerto Rico is left, but uh, anyway, still part of the U.S. family and part of the KMOX listening audience. So if you've got phones, if you've got electric, and if you've got uh, radio signal, Come on in. Love to talk to you again. Uh, 314-436-7900, toll free, 800-925-1120. My day job is at Mosby Building Arts. This is our 71st year. The company was founded by my father in his garage, believe it or not, in Webster Groves. We are now in Kirkwood, have been in Kirkwood, oh, for... I guess nine years now, uh, enjoy, uh, serving every place. If you can hear my voice, basically Mosby building arts reaches out and travels to that area. Uh, and, uh, our claim to fame is, uh, we have a full architectural firm inside Mosby building arts. Also a full construction company inside Mosby building arts. Uh, had a quick dinner last night with one of the Mosby clients. It was fun and really, uh, having only design or only construction is only half of the conversation. So to get a project properly done with good quality interaction time with the client and the relationships it takes to get some of these larger projects off the ground or even small, complex, uh, difficult-to-resolve to projects, it takes a lot of time to get to the bottom of what is the outcome that we're looking for, what will it feel like, Uh, how will you interact with other people in the household, in the family, or in the neighborhood, what is the neatest view or feature of your home, your lot, that site, and how do we bring that into the project? So oftentimes, uh, anyway, we will uh, combine the construction with the design. Uh, These are all, as we call it, self-performed or in-house Uh, abilities. We like to call it a deep bench. That deep bench extends here to KMOX. I've been doing this show now for 20 years. It's a real honor. I take it very seriously and I do my homework uh, when I am not on the air. Uh, The few weekends when I am away and you have uh, guest hosts uh, or somebody else, I am usually at school. Some level of either a best practices peer group some level of uh, taking a class, uh, extending a certification. Uh, I teach several things across the country on offering that pay-it-forward recertification for other professionals in our industry. I love it. I I just can't help myself, and the people at Mosby tend to be kind of like me. They love learning. Uh, We will debate the nth degree of challenge, and that's the fun thing. So anyway, uh, if you'd like to join in, please feel free to call 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. We're going to get started with some great phone calls. This is University of KMOX. Scott Mosby, plenty of seats in the back of the classroom. Come on in. Make a phone call. Tune in. KMOX.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right. So many good things to talk about here on University of Camwex. Hopefully you are part of it. Bring your questions, your answers, your favorite products, the things you've learned. If you're willing to share some of the mistakes you've made to keep us all working in the forward positive direction. This is University of Camwex. We are the community of Camwex. I am here on the microphone and the phones to share the best ideas. And some of them can be yours. So let's get started. See what's cooking with John. Hey, John, welcome to KMOX. Good morning, sir. How can I help?
2: Good morning. I have a question here about painting hardy board. Okay. Uh, we got a uh, lake house down in Bull Shoals Lake. It's about ten years old, and I guess they didn't do a great job painting this thing because the weather side's getting uh, chalked real bad. So. And we're also told that uh, you want a good painter down there? Forget about it. You're going to do it yourself. So, and repainting this hardy board that's chalked, I just wonder if you have any tips on what's the best way to get rid of the chalk, chalking, before we start putting paint down.
1: Well, one of the issues with hardy board, it's a great siding, uh, but it's concrete, and when you get to freeze thaw, even as south as Bull Shoals Lake and in that part of the state, um, you can still has, have have freeze thaw cycles. So keep in mind that the paint was on that that was on there originally. Here, John may need more than just uh, washing off. Uh, it'll need some sort of mechanical scrubbing, and that's the chalking. You literally this is think of it as rusted siding. This concrete. Concrete board has oxidized and powdered, and that powder needs to be removed. And then a penetrating sealing primer. You need to treat this as if it's never been painted before. Um, So it's going to take uh, probably a pressure wash, uh, scrubbing with a brush as well. Watch your joints, those end butt joints of hardy board properly get primed or sealed with a water sealer after uh, it's cut well Ten years ago, nobody was doing that to speak of, and even now very, very few of the installers are trained to understand and and perform that practice. So that being said, the uh, end grains of that hardy board, if you can get in between the butt joints, the end-to-end joints of that, uh, do a little bit of abrasion or at least scrub it uh, with soap and water, rinse it, come back several weeks later, let the stuff dry, because it will soak up water Um, And and then put some sort of a um, paint-friendly sealer, which if you're using a good bonding primer and sealing primer for the exterior make sure you get it in between those butt joints and around any nail holes specifically. So personally I would prep this whole thing. I would spot prime this on the butt joints, the nail holes, and then I would come back and check that later after it dried, see if it needed another application. And then I would probably prime the whole thing and then top coat it. And once you get that kind of primer effort, John, I, I know you're probably out of breath just thinking about this wonderful project, uh, I would prime it once and two p- coats of top coat because you'll never get that siding primed and prepared the way I described before. So,
2: all right, one one little checking question, just to make sure. I've read a little bit about the hardy board and the, and think that reads says, oh, it doesn't like to be wet. But you're saying we could use a pressure washer to clean this thing. It'll it'll take it then, right? I mean, it won't. the Main thing is just to pressure wash it and let it dry good.
1: Yeah, you really don't need a pressure washer. I'm just saying the pros use a pressure washer, trying to limit the amount of labor in there. Personally, if you're not good with this, you can blow hardy board apart because it doesn't like moisture. Uh, and frankly, what is more important at this point is uh, mechanically a scrub brush or a sandpaper removing that chalking and rinsing it away. So hitting it with a little bit of water at this point, you're going to need to wait a week or two of dry or non-rain temperature or, or weather, uh, because you you don't want to primer this thing when it's wet.
2: All right. Uh, thank you, sir, for all your help. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, John, and, you know, if this is a lake thing, uh, you know, bite-sized chunk counts, so, you know, figure out what sections of the house you want to tackle on that weekend or week, you know, so make sure you can take... Um, uh, a full side and treat that side in as short a time as possible uh, as referenced by the drying out stuff. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, biting off that whole house at one time just makes for a bummed out summer.
2: Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate
1: uh, it. All right, John. Take care. All right. Bye now. Yeah, John's referring to uh, lake time. You know, if the fish are biting or it's deer season, you know, around the uh, vacation and recreation areas, you know, most of the tradesmen just disappear. That's why they like living around a lake. You know, uh, it's the same way in the mountains. Uh, The lakes... Uh, The east and west coast, southern areas, if the fish are biting, poof, they're gone, they're fishing. You know, if the uh, deer season has opened up, you just can't get anything done around that construction area. And that's called lake time. Uh, If you've ever been through that, the workday starts about 10 or 10.30 and it finishes up about 2.30 or 3. It's just a different way of life. Um, And uh, maybe you've heard it uh, in your travels referred to as Island time. I have a cousin who lives in Maui and Hawaii. He calls it island time. You just don't move, or island pace, you just don't move very fast. Uh, Phone lines are open 314 436 7900, 436 7900, 800 925 1120. Call on in, or I'm just going to talk about all sorts of things that I love talking about. Maybe this would be interesting. So much to talk about. We've got some interesting things coming up here. Um, in Kansas, some roofers have received a lifetime ban. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Also some of the building code uh, progressions that we're in, how building codes become drawn, you know drawn up, uh, and, and how that assimilates very much uh, a national process of whether it's politics or anything. Uh, right now, let's go to the phones and see what's cooking. We have another John. Hey, John, Scott Mosby here on KMOX. How can I help, my friend?
3: Oh, good morning, Scott. Uh, I've got a question. I don't know whether this is exactly in your area of expertise, but anyway, I was going to ask it and see maybe somebody, if you don't know somebody, to call in right now. Uh, I've got an old uh, toilet still in the bathroom. This house about uh, 75, 80 years old, uh, and it, it's got a little problem it's, uh, slow leak there where the uh, water supply goes into the tank. And uh, I was wondering, is it possible to get something that old repaired, have it taken out and put uh, new uh, seals and
1: everything put in it? Oh, sure. Uh, Not a big deal, John, because uh, it's a, um, uh, there's a rubber gasket on the two sides of that China tank. So it's, uh, you know, there's a hole in it. And then they just put this threaded plumbing fitting. There's a rubber washer, if you will, that goes on the outside of the tank. And some of them are really small and you can't see them. Then you put a rubber washer on the inside of the tank. And as you tighten that down, that soft rubber washer expands and keeps the water from leaking. Well, my goodness you know, you know what's happened to my knees anyway in 64 years. You can imagine what happens to rubber underwater in that tank. So it's a pretty simple thing. And if you're handy at all, John, you might give it a wing because, you know, you you may lose the use of that toilet if you fail. But frankly, uh, the problem being that you need those rubber washers. But when you pull that apart, That stuff is just going to literally disintegrate underneath the wrench as you unscrew that. So you really won't have anything to match other than fitting. But having a plumber come in and uh, rebuilding that, you bet they can. And frankly, if they're going to do that, make sure they change out all the guts and give it, you know, everything in that toilet tank a new 10-year life. So have them show up and replace, you know, the guts, the float, um, that filler gasket as well.
3: Yeah, well, that's what I wanted because... Uh, the plumber I'm working with now—he wants to sell me a new one. I know these new ones aren't as good as this old one I've got. It—these new ones—they come in a box, and you know one guy can lift them. But this old one—I'd take two men to lift it. I mean, it's—it's it's really well built, so I want to keep it if possible. That's—that yeah. was my main purpose to do that. And I need—I think I'm going to need this soil pipe replaced too. I think it's—it's getting—that's it, going to be a big job because it's on the second floor, but. I thought maybe I could have the whole thing done at once. Maybe it would be a good time to get it done.
1: Well, John, I've got a little bit of bad news for you here. Uh, If the soil pipe gets replaced, there will be a plumbing permit and an inspection, and they will not allow you to reinstall that old toilet.
3: That's
1: Yeah, um, they may. It depends on the municipality because the, the the rules are black and white, but they're applied by people of various um, subjective judgments. So uh, let me ask you something else, John. Is this a case toilet, C-A-S-E? Uh, no, it's a Kaler, Kohler? Okay, well, yeah, you can get parts for that. That uh, that that's one of the good things about an American company. You can get parts for those puppies from you know hundreds of years ago. So.
3: Yeah, well. Uh, I'm not in a city. I'm out here in a small town, so I don't know whether they even have a, a, an inspector. I'm not, I'm not sure they do.
1: Okay. Well, talk to your plumber, because sometimes uh, those parts are a little difficult to come by out in the outlying areas, but the soil pipe, you'll have good luck with a plumber. Uh, you, you just need a good plumber. Do you have somebody that you uh, have a good relationship with?
3: Well... Uh, this guy is getting old, and I don't know whether he can do it or not. I'm going to probably have to go out of town. See, this, there's only one guy in town here, so I'm going to have to probably go to, well, I'm near Springfield and Peoria, so I'll probably yeah. somebody from there that's got some expertise, maybe. But I just didn't know whether it was possible to do it or not. but Oh, yeah. I'd rather if, it's, if it's possible, I wanted to. Want to rebuild it
1: yeah, I would start with that guy in town because he'll at, okay. at least be able to say, well, here's a fellow that's you know working this area as I phase out or whatever it is, so yeah. uh, you know that's probably the relationships count especially when you're in outlying areas there, there aren't a lot of choices
3: okay well, thanks a lot Scott oh. have a nice uh, holiday
1: thank you, John you too God bless bye, bye. home improvement Scott Mosby camo X the inner workings literally of toilets how exciting. <laughs> oh 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 has Santa ever come to your house and use the toilet? We'll talk about even that here on Camo X
0: <laughs> Get ready for the Blues and Canucks tonight pregame skate 830. the buck drops at nine. Chris Kerber and Kelly Chase have all your action here and here on your home of the St. Louis Blues Kmox. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: Oh, yeah, home improvement. Uh, what is it that you want for Christmas? Yeah, kids of all ages, yeah, call in. Let me know what you're looking for for Christmas. Uh, some have asked for world peace. Others have asked for a very comfortable shopping cart that they can drive through the Grocery store. Yeah, that's in many grocery stores today. Uh, I had talked about earlier uh, about all the sorts of things around town. Before we get to that, this is the opportunity for you to call in. And ask your question 314 436 7900 436 7900. Toll free 800 925 1120. 800 925 1120. Um, With the snow this morning, it's a reminder that the cold temperatures are upon us. If you've seen the weather forecast for next week, the high is about freezing or a little below and the low gets down into the teens so be prepared if there's anything you've got inside the house or outside the house preparing for old man winter uh the time is nigh the time is now uh so anyway give me a call let's talk about that uh, anything about maybe a uh, heat tape any pipes that freeze ductwork ceiling that needs to be uh more oh, balanced uh, uh second floor of the house, too hot, too cold, Uh, water, plumbing, smell in the water, whatever it might be. We can talk about that. So many things are happening with Missouri American water that as they're doing repairs around town, they knock loose the mineral deposits that are on the inside of those pipes, just like they are anywhere around in your house or mine. It happens throughout the entire uh, infrastructure and delivery system, whether you have a water well, On your own property, that's somewhere between 150 to 750 lineal feet of pipe. That can have scale on it. When any repair gets done to that pipe or Missouri American water mains, those little pieces of mineral knock loose and they flow through the system, typically looking like something uh, like sand. Uh, So you've got aerator screens. Um, You might notice those most commonly on kitchen faucets. And uh, unscrewing that little piece at the end, just about a quarter of an inch, it'll be right on the end of the spout. And there's a screen. It's the aerator, A-E-R-A-T-O-R. It infuses the water with a little bit of air so that uh, you use less water, but also makes the water more Functional and it will rinse a pot or our hands or the sink bowl better. So anyway, that aerator also has a screen in it, just kind of like a high-tech stainless steel house screen for bugs. Little round dime-shaped thing, and you'd be surprised unscrewing that, and you just do it with your bare f- fingers if you still have the strength for that. Unscrewing that, if you can't get it, grab a rubber... Uh, can opener, bottle open, you know, just for a uh, jar, that uh, a lid, rubber gasket, those little things. If you can get that around there, uh, try not to use a plumbing wrench, something like that, vice grips, whatever, because it'll mar the actual finish of that faucet spout. Anyway, uh, untake, uh, remove that, uh, uh, unscrew that, and rinse it. Be careful. Uh, cover over, especially a kitchen sink, put the cover over the disposer before you do this because invariably that stuff drops down to the bottom of the sink. You'd be surprised how many things fall out when you flip that thing over. Uh, I don't know about you. Nobody's perfect. So prepare for the worst and then just enjoy the best. So anyway, rinse that out, put it all back together. You'd be surprised how much stuff gets in there. Uh, let's get to the phones and talk with Doris. Doris, good morning. morning. Welcome, Welcome to, to Cam, Cam Wicks. How, can how can I help? I
2: good morning. My brother had a new house built last year, and it's all electric. Mm -hmm. And he has this fine dust that is everywhere. Any ideas?
1: Uh, Uh, How old is the house?
2: house. It was just built last last year. It's just about maybe a year old.
1: Uh, Fine Uh, dust dust. uh, Uh, could be a sign of a, uh, I I would, uh, of a leaky house, frankly, because any kind of a forced air furnace, Doris, has a pressurized positive, you know, the part that blows out of the register, and then the other part that's a return or suction. Is it a forced forced air air furnace? Furnace? Does Does it blow blow air around? around? I think so. Okay. Now, with that, When the house doesn't have enough return air, then that furnace or that air handler, the big blower fan thing that moves the air around, literally draws a negative pressure or suction on the house. And it can literally draw dust through the walls, uh, through the outside wall. So the house could be built pretty tight, but it gets overcome with these forced air furnaces if they're not sealed up really well. So if it's a production house, you know, in a subdivision, this is probably true. It doesn't really get sealed up. If it's a custom built home, then typically you have a little more extra effort that goes into some of those fringe uh, value-added services like sealing and such. But I would look at that. I I would actually call or or check into the heating and cooling. I would call the builder, start with the builder, but it's probably a heating and cooling issue. It also can be backdrafting right down the chimney because if there's a negative pressure it'll draw down the chimney it'll actually backdraft the dryer vent you know it'll it'll suction it'll make up heat uh, or it'll make up air wherever it needs to get it from bath fans dryers uh, and also from a kitchen if he's got a big um, cooktop
2: it's a very small house it's like 950 square feet
1: well it shouldn't be too hard to find I would but anyway, I, I suspect it's related to negative pressure on the house that is overcoming the new you know the tightness of the construction. construction. Okay, how's that? that?
2: He'll be just thrilled.
1: Well, it's it's a little bit of, you're kind of looking for ghosts because, you know, the dust just kind of shows up. If it were a gas furnace, I would say, you know, watch out for your uh, uh, heat exchanger. Those crack. But when you have a new house like that, that furnace, that air hander, handler can overcome and suck dust in everywhere, especially, think about it, through the clothes dryer. My gosh. Hmm. Yep. yep.
2: It's It's horrible, I mean. Yeah. I think it's horrible.
1: Well, I would certainly start with the builder, put him on notice because, it, you know, as a builder and a businessman, if I've got an error, I want to know what it is and I want to find out, you know, I want to make sure it doesn't happen again. So if I've got something that's out of the norm or it's not what I'm expecting or our clients are expecting, boy, we're, we're all over that thing like a, you, uh, you know, know, inspector. inspector.
2: Somebody told me it was just
1: because of an electric house, and I thought, oh, that can't be right. No, no, no. I, uh, electric houses typically are tighter because they don't have a flue for the furnace. They they aren't burning air and then blowing it out through the flue, you know, the chimney for the furnace, causing a negative pressure. That's one way that gas furnaces do that, and that's why I'm such a proponent of a sealed combustion the two plastic pipes for a gas furnace because it inhales its own combustion air and then exhales it, and it doesn't change the pressure other than... The blower motor on the supply and the return and getting enough return, you know, cubic feet to balance.
2: So he should go back to the builder and tell him he's got negative pressure?
1: Well, I'll go back to the builder and say what's happening and say, you know, this crackpot guy on the radio thinks it might have some negative pressure from the furnace, you know, and, it, and it's better to come from a not okay position than from an authoritative, authoritative thing. It's You get a little more uh, um, uh, help with honey uh, than you do with uh, bitters. Okay. thank you. All right. right. Thanks, Doris. Again, it's uh, nobody's perfect. And sometimes uh, there are issues. And the the best ones uh, welcome that. It's like, oh, something not working. you know what And oftentimes you know at Mosby, it's like we've got a tool that's malfunctioning. Uh, we've got a fitting that uh, the manufacturer blew so we've got some error in something. Uh, believe me, in a house uh, or a remodeling project, there are literally hundreds of thousands of pieces that get assembled. There are a lot of opportunities for error. Um, And and that's why quality control is trying to eliminate those errors before they happen. That doesn't mean they don't happen. You just separate the men from the boys by, uh, you know, how they respond to the problem. So that's important. Let's see what's cooking here with Dennis. Hey, Dennis, good morning, my friend. How can I help?
4: Yeah, Scott,
2: I read in um, one of the magazines I got, Getting Your Car Ready for Winter. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Tell me if this makes sense. You take an old sprayer bottle, two parts water, one part rubbing alcohol. They say you come out in the morning when you've got the ice, you spray that on there. Mm-hmm. It'll start uh, disintegrating right away.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So you've heard of that?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, basically, think about um, ethylene glycol on um, uh, antifreeze. is nothing more than uh, it, it's sexy uh, alcohol. So when you use rubbing alcohol, the advantage there is you're not putting any oil in there, but you're basically putting a liquid that has a very cold freezing temperature. So your rubbing alcohol tends to melt that water. uh, And that's when you buy a de-icer to spray in your locks at the store that's pretty much all that stuff is. So, uh, you know, I, I'm right there with you. Two parts water, I, or I might put... I mean, there's nothing wrong with spraying uh, clear alcohol in, the 100% alcohol, other than you're going to rinse all the lubricants away. But you're going to do it with the water and the alcohol anyway. So there's... Two parts, one-to-one, 100% alcohol. I'm okay with that. The the issue is you're spraying in something that doesn't leave a residue, the alcohol. Number two, evaporates or has a freezing temperature very low that you're not going to put a liquid in there that freezes. Frankly, if it were me, I'd just take rubbing alcohol. It's a little more expensive, but I know I'm not going to blow any water in my locks.
2: Well, I'm just going to use it on
1: the, the windows. Yeah, well, if you're uh, to wash windows, you mean? No, they say it will melt the ice off the window. Well, it does that as well as locks. You betcha. Yeah, I'm all with that. That will effectively work. All right, I'll try it. Yeah, Dennis. So uh, welcome to the world of chemistry. I mean, all these magical things you buy at the store. You're just making it at home.
2: Okay. Thank you.
1: Right on. Thanks, Dennis. Bye. Home improvement. Scott Mosby, a Little Port in a Storm. So Dennis is sharing with us. Two parts water, one part rubbing alcohol, isopropyl alcohol uh, doesn't really matter when you're putting it on the outside of your car. And uh, just beware when you replace your windshield washers. So flip them out. Uh, this is completing Dennis's suggestion. I would just propose you flip those wash those uh, windshield wipers off the glass. Do the deicing. Let that glass dry because if you have two parts water, if you put or there's water left on those. Uh, um, wiper blades you can freeze them to the glass stay tuned here on KMOX so much more to talk about some great questions hang on stand by at your service here Scott Mosby
0: welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home
1: Improvement Show now once again here's your host Scott Mosby on KMOX all right, folks, this was a little bit of news that came out of Kansas here. Uh, oh, just uh, last month, really, about uh, 25 days ago. A county judge approved a consent decree in the state of Kansas against JNS Construction and JNR Remodeling. They never do construction or contracting business in the state. Uh, I noticed this and I share this with you because this is really the role of the Better Business Bureau in St. Louis here, the Midwest. And if you can hear my voice, you're served by this Better Business Bureau. Bureau here in the metropolitan St. Louis area. So just suffice it to say that uh, going through the Attorney General and uh, really the governmental process is. Part of the process, but I really urge you to start with the Better Business Bureau. Uh, The speed of resolution and also getting their name on the board for who the bad guys are, or if they're not a bad guy, they made a mistake and they want to make it right, then that's how the Better Business Bureau can urge that through. So keep in mind it's a great place to, to really start with trust, start with Better Business Bureau. But understand that the industry, the government, and the National Better Business Bureau is. After these guys, and uh, you know, frankly, one of the roles that I and the other responsible contractors in in your listening area here, you know, we keep track of these names and the bad guys. We make sure get reported because they give us all a bad name. And frankly, uh, we want happy consumers. We want consumers to get a good deal. That's really why we're in business. So that the sustainability, we like eating tomorrow just as much as we like eating today. So just keep in mind, BBB Start With Trust, great organization here, truly at your service. Let's see what's happening here with Charlie. Hey, Charlie, Scott must be here. Holiday wishes to you, my friend.
4: Uh, uh, good morning. Still good morning, isn't it? Yes, okay. I think so. I just wanted to comment about Santa using the toilet. Yes. I grew up in 19- out in Cave Springs, and we had uh, pit toilets. Oh, my. And my grandpa, you know, in, in hindsight, my grandpa had a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He would put on, it started on uh, St. Nicholas Day and in December, he would put a, um, a kerosene lantern in the pit toilet. Oh, my. And say, oh, Santa's got to go, too. <laughs> and, and that would uh, that would keep the old toilet warm out there a little bit. And then after... Um, A few years, we got a Coleman lantern, and that really warmed the place up. And after we got uh, inside toilet, it was still fun for the little kids to think that Grandpa was going out there, and we (laughs) would still continue putting a light out there on Christmas Eve.
1: Oh, my. So it was kind of a connection with uh, Grandpa of years past, huh?
4: That's correct.
1: Oh, Charlie, thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. All right, sir. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sir. Bye. A little fun. I like that. Uh, Back in the days of the privy and the outhouse and the uh, pit toilet, which means digging a hole in the ground, that's where it was. And uh, they would put a kerosene lantern down in that area to warm up the area. Uh, Something about Santa Claus, I thought that was kind of cute. But then as Grandpa, uh, in the years past, the family continued to do that in a way to really just uh, bring back the smiles around Christmas and Santa. Oh, well, let's see what's happening here with Irvin. Hey, Irvin. Good morning, my friend. How can I help?
2: Uh, what's the life they expand of a triple wall stainless steel flue? Uh,
1: on a furnace, uh, Irvin, probably 30, 35 years, something like that.
2: All righty. Uh, that's. Uh that's about how old mine is yeah
1: man it's it's time to start looking i mean uh, in, at this at this age i'd start looking for trouble instead of waiting for trouble especially the the problem Irvin, is as our furnaces got more and more efficient the temperature of the flue gas got colder and colder because we're keeping more of that heat inside our houses and what that means is that uh, cooler flue gas would condense out the acids. So, you know, those old stainless steel flues, uh, you know, every time, every 20 years, 25 years, we change a furnace, you know, it would undergo more corrosive action from a more efficient furnace. So uh, the improvement uh, turns out to be the detriment as well
2: you start looking, how how do you look or what do
1: you look for? Uh, Really, it's visual. You're looking for rust because it would eat through that galvanized, if it's got a stainless steel liner, which some of them 35 years ago had, but not many. Uh, If you see any kind of a lot of brown rust on a visual inspection on any section of that, uh, it's time to get it inspected and there really isn't a whole lot for checking it because at 35 years, I I guarantee you that, you know, if you have a new furnace put in, they're going to advocate for changing that flue or line that flu?
2: Well, it doesn't show any rust and it course. It's supposed to be triple wall stainless steel,
1: you know. Oh, uh, You're probably in pretty good shape then, Irvin. It really takes a lot to get through that stainless steel. If you've got a stainless steel center line, that acid does not affect it like the old galvanized.
2: That's what I was thinking,
1: yeah. It's supposed to be a triple wall stainless, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are ways we drop um, uh, fiber optic uh, uh, cables down with little lights and cameras on it, just like they check the sewers now. So that's, you know, the technology is there to make sure everything's safe good and operable
2: yeah. yeah all right then thanks yeah good question thanks
1: bye all right, all right yeah that's a good one i mean a uh, triple wall stainless steel uh how do i know it's good how long would it typically last well the insulation tep- typically lasts a very long time if it doesn't get disturbed now if you have a tree fall on it or something like that it just gets replaced because it's kind of like glass once you break it it's gone let's see what's cooking here with tom hey tom can you do this in about a minute
2: Got a uh, new condo, and uh, I noticed that the humidity in here is about 31%. I do have some wooden floor. I have wooden cabinets. uh, I haven't noticed any arcing. What is a reasonable humidity level to have inside of a building if you don't have a humidistat on your furnaster?
1: Man, Tom, I love 31%. I set my house at 31% relative humidity. That that doesn't mean 31% wet. It means a third of the maximum amount. That's a very... Good. Uh, the only downside is if you have uh, COPD, any kind of respiratory compromise or ailments, a doctor might suggest lower.
2: Okay. No, I have a little asthma situation, but I, that's why I don't want it too humid. I don't want an additional mold. But yeah. I'm not even noticing any arcing. So, yeah. in terms of touching a doorknob or something. But okay.
1: I got to go, Tom. It is
2: good then. Okay. Thank you. you that's Quick.
4: Bye now.